I will say not just with podcasting, but with the clients that I work with, a lot of times it's like, I really want to sell this thing. Oh, really? When's the last time you talked about it? What do you mean talked about it? Nobody knows about it unless you talk about it, right? Like you have to put it out there. This whole idea of like, I'm just going to put up a website and people are going to flock to it and spend thousands upon thousands of dollars with me all the time is baloney. That's not how business is built. You have to build that know, like, and trust. You have to be specific. Let people know what the next step is. And your job is to guide. Your job is to guide people. It's not to force them. It's not to be salesy. It's not to be gross and aggressive. It's to just guide. They have to know what to do next. And you have to tell them what that is. Welcome to another episode of Listeners to Leads, where I'm helping podcasters launch and maintain a lead generating show. I'm your host, Alicia Galati, the CEO and head podcast strategist behind Galati Media, a full service podcast management company. On this show, you'll hear my guests and I discuss everything it takes to launch a successful podcast and keep it running. If you're ready to get leads, land speaking gigs, and create deeper connections with your audience through your podcast, then this is the show for you. Today on the podcast, we have Nikki Roush. I am so excited for you to hear our conversation. It is epic. We talk about selling authentically on your podcast, how to show up as you sell without feeling gross and sleazy about selling on your podcast, how she was strategic about the different formats that she picked for her podcast, and then being able to use her podcast in her funnel as a sales tool. All right, get ready. This is going to be a good one. You're probably going to want to take some notes. Go ahead and join me in welcoming Nikki to the podcast. Hello, Nikki. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you. If you could just tell everyone a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what your podcast is about. Absolutely. So I'm Nikki Roush. My company is Sales Maven, and I'm a sales coach and trainer, and I really specialize on how to have more effective sales conversations so that you attract your ideal clients, frankly, repel the people who aren't a good fit, and ultimately close more sales. My podcast is called Sales Maven. And on that podcast, the whole premise behind that is to deliver something of really high value that a listener can go check out an episode and then go and apply it to their life and their business and see results. Ah. So good. There's a few different things in there that I want to pull. But before we get to that, you did something that I think a lot of people should do before they launch a podcast, and that is be a guest on other people's podcasts. We've talked about this on the show before, on the importance of understanding what your message is, getting clear on that message, figuring out what people actually want to know from you, and then being able to apply that into a podcast. But what did that kind of look like for you? I think I said to you earlier before we hit record that that I started guesting in 2017. But actually, now that I think about it, one of my first episodes where I guested on a podcast was back in 2014. And as a matter of fact, I just got asked to come back and be a guest on that same podcast this many years later. But for me, I started getting asked to guest. And one of the things I do in sales 
you know, this is very, very much what I teach my clients too, is I always look to see where are my leads coming from. And at the end of 2017, when I really looked back and I looked at my ideal clients that I got to work with that year, the majority of them came from hearing me on a podcast as a guest. So that year in 2018, I invested, I hired somebody to start pitching me to podcast because I was like, well, obviously, this is where my leads are coming from. Like, let's pour some gasoline on this source. So between 2018 and launching my podcast in 2020, it was all this guest strategy of guesting on podcasts, which was a great way to grow the audience. It was a great way to grow a client base. And honestly, I didn't launch my podcast until in 2019. I had multiple people say to me, Nikki, I binge you on podcast on a podcast. And I was like, how can you binge me? I don't have a podcast. But they were like, oh, I just go into Apple and I type your name and I see all these episodes that you've been on and I just go from one to the next. So that was really the indicator to me that, okay, so maybe it is time for me to launch my own podcast. <laughs> if somebody is going in and actually searching for my name and looking for ways to listen to me, That was the catalyst for me to go, okay, so I'm going to put out my own content in my own way. And and that's where the podcast came about in 2020. Uh, If anyone is looking for a way to make that simpler for their audience before they launch a podcast, and I love this strategy, a client of mine did this, where she went into Spotify, searched her name, and made a playlist of all the episodes that she'd been on. And so that way she could just, if people were like, hey, I heard you on this one. Do you have any others? She could easily send them the link. And she also has it on her media page. So if anyone's like, oh, wait, I've been a guest a ton of times. How do I optimize that? There's a great way to do it. So smart. (laughs) I love that tip. Yes. I love that your audience was like, "Um, I need more of you. (laughs) I need more please and thank you. Because obviously that means that you have honed in what it is that you're speaking about. You're very clear in your messaging. You're clear in who you're talking to and you're giving them actionable tips where they're like, I need more, right? Yeah. I was always really, really clear about, and this is still who I am today, is that I always, if somebody's going to take the time to listen to me, whether I'm guesting or whether it's on my own podcast, I want to make sure that they walk away with something that they're like, I can do something with that. Not just like, oh, that was inspiring. Like, I don't think of myself as an inspiring person. I just think of myself as more tangible. I want to make sure that you can take something away if you choose to implement it and come back and be like, dang, that worked. That's always my goal. Uh, Yes, same. (laughs) Because what's the point, right? Like, you don't need to listen to me to be inspired. I want you to do things and make your podcast better and do better and be better people and all that stuff. So that lends itself to this idea that I talk about quite often on the show. And that is that you don't have to hold back information Mm -hmm. from your audience on your podcast. And like, I'm all for having certain things behind paywalls. A lot of my email templates are behind paywalls. A lot of my, if you want to pick my brain, that's behind a paywall. But I'm not going to hold back key information that's gonna not help, you know, or that would help a person listening to my show. And I think that we feel very similarly about that. Amen, first of all, to that. And yes, you know, I get this a lot with clients where I'll say, 
give it away. Like give this away for free. And they're like, this is my best stuff. Like I can't give away my secret sauce. But I'm like, your secret sauce is you most of the time. Your secret sauce is really you. And so by giving something away, I want to give away my very best stuff so that people are like, dang, that's so good. What else does she have? This is where the sales coach in me comes in. That you do it in a way that somebody can go and implement and they can get a result from it. But it isn't tailored specifically to them. So oftentimes people will hear, you know, one of the things I teach all the time is how to create curiosity. If you don't know how to create curiosity in your business, you are absolutely missing out on working with some of your best clients. So you got to learn how to create curiosity. So I give this like, this is how you do it. It's really clear. Anybody can go and hear me do it. But a lot of times where they get stuck is they're like, but it's not quite landing for me or I haven't been able to come up with my own response that feels really authentic to me. Well, that's where you hire me and I'm going to help you. I'm going to pull that out of you. So that's where the secret sauce really is. It's not in the technique around creating curiosity. It's me helping you hone. And because, you know, one of the things that I love about coaching is that your coaches see your blind spots right? You don't know what your blind spots are. This is why you pay a coach. Mm -hmm. So I can see and identify blind spots with people pretty quickly. That's the stuff they pay me for. That's the stuff where they're like, yes. And I'm like, I'm just saying back to you what you said, but I'm just delivering in a way that you can now hear it in a really effective way so that you can go use this and see much bigger results much faster. So yeah, never be afraid to hold back. The only thing I will say about this, about the holding back, is I believe in delivering things when possible, especially your free stuff, in bite size. Because sometimes you can overwhelm people. Like, I don't want anybody to walk away and be like, I can't do that because Nikki just gave me an 18-step process on how to tell a story, right? (laughs) Like, if I can give you one tip to be a better storyteller in your sales process, then that's a win. But if I give you 18, you're like, I don't know where to start. So you don't want to leave people overwhelmed. So give it away, but give it away in bite-sized pieces. Make it digestible, especially in a podcasting Mm -hmm. format, because most of the time people are going to binge it. And if they have too much to binge, then they're going to feel overwhelmed, which we don't want our audience to be overwhelmed. An overwhelmed mind is a mind that won't make a decision to hire you, frankly. They go into fight, flight, or freeze, which usually is freeze, is overwhelm. So I just won't do anything. But when you can give somebody something that they can come back and be like, you know what? I used that tip. It worked. What else you got? I love that. Coaching side of like podcast strategy is one of the reasons why I give that to all my clients, no matter what level of service they're at. Like you could be editing only and you still get a call with me once a month because they have said that that you can hire anyone to edit the podcast, go to Fiverr, go to Upwork, go wherever. But the strategy side of having someone to be able to look in and say, here's something you can tweak, here's something you can shift. They've said that is well worth the price alone of just getting their podcast edited. (laughs) Yes, yes. I just did a strategy session with a client last week. And a strategy session with me is a 50 minute intense coaching, like one on one session. 10 minutes in, she's like, that's what I needed. I got my money's worth. And then she was like, what else you got? Which we then came up with three more ideas for her on how to implement her business and make money. But she was like, 10 minutes in, I got exactly what I needed and it was well worth my investment. That to me is always that home run. 
I love that. And what a great thing to be able to use and say and use to promote, right? Your strategy sessions. Yeah, yeah. So you are at 127 episodes at the time of this recording. So you're probably going to have four to five more by the time this goes live. First of all, congratulations, because that is incredible. Most people do not make it. I think it's 90% of people don't make it past seven episodes. So hoorah to you. 127 is incredible. You have a format to yours. And we have an episode on how to decide on what podcast format you want to have. We'll make sure to link that in the show notes. But yours is a variety of different formats. And I'd like to kind of talk through each of those with you. Well, I want to say first and foremost, before I launched my podcast, one of the things that I decided was, what's my outcome? Like, what do I want the podcast to do? For me, I don't expect the podcast to generate income, right? Like, I'm not asking people to pay to download my podcast. So for me, I was really clear that the objective of my podcast was to drive business specifically to my group coaching program, which is called the Sales Maven Society. So then I took a step back and I said, okay, so what would give me the best chance of driving people to the Sales Maven Society? That is going to be an opportunity for them to understand what's it like to coach with Nikki. So when I launched my podcast originally, I launched it with individual episodes where I'm teaching because I love to teach. I love to coach. And so there was individual episodes. And then I did spotlight coaching sessions. So it was a mini coaching session with somebody from my group coaching program that got to come on the podcast, be highlighted, ask me a question, which I then gave them coaching around. Because that then paints the picture for the listener. What's it like to coach with Nikki, right? And when somebody does do a private strategy session with me, if they're a podcast listener, a lot of times, one of the first things they'll say is, oh my gosh, you're just like you are on the podcast. Yep, because that's me, right? I don't really know how to be anything else, but yeah, and I want them to have that experience. So originally it was individual episodes and then spotlight coaching sessions. And then I was having so many great, like in my group coaching program, we have so many people that share their wins and their successes. And I wanted to start highlighting those too. So then I started adding sales success stories. So I would bring a client on and they'd get to highlight their business. They still do. I still do this. They get to highlight their business. And then we talk about one of the strategies that I teach that they implemented and the results that they got. So that's awesome for them because it gets to highlight them and their success. It's also awesome for me because it plants that seed. Oh, when I implement the things that Nikki teaches, this is what's possible for me too. And that then helps attract the ideal people. So again, that the whole objective of those three types of episodes are all to drive people to wanting to hopefully work with me or at least paint that picture of what is it like to work with Nikki so they can decide. They're probably not going to be listeners if they're like, I hate this lady and I never work with her, right? Like people are going to come back and listen if they're more inclined to want to work with me because they get a sense of this is what she's like. And then in 2021, I added a theme to the podcast at the very end. I added the theme of it was the year of the question because I truly believe that in sales to be really effective, you need to ask questions. And so I, at the end of every episode, I would give, here's a question that you can put in your like toolkit and you can bring it out in a sales conversation. And it's going to lead to deeper connection. It's going to help you in some way. 
grow your business. So that was the theme of 2021. But in 2022, I decided that for me, the theme would be the year of connection. Mm -hmm. And so the way to highlight that is I started bringing on people that are getting exceptional results in their life and business in some way. And I call this the Mastering Excellence Series. And I would do an interview that's really specific to my background. So I don't think I mentioned this when I was saying who I was, but I have a pretty extensive background in neurolinguistic programming. And if that's a new term anybody's hearing, it's, it sounds super technical and scientific, but it's really the study of communication. And at a master's level, a master practitioner's level that I have, in order to get my practitioner, master level practitioners, I had to do this master's project and we had to ask very specific questions that lead people to start to break down the structure of something that they're really, really good at. And most people who are really, really good at something, it's become kind of second nature. So they don't often know how to tell you what the structure is. Like, here's my step-by-step process of how I get these exceptional results, right? But I know how to bring that out by asking the right questions. So this year I've added the Mastering Excellence and I ask very specific set of questions. And a lot of times from that, the people who come on you know, my audience gets these huge takeaways from these really brilliant, amazing people that I want to share as my connections. But the the person who comes on, oftentimes at the end of the interview, they're like, I didn't even know that about myself. And now I'm going to go make that into a course, or now I'm going to go write a blog post about it or whatever. So it's been a really fun new thing to bring into the podcast. I love that. When we talked about guesting earlier and I mean, it's such a great strategy and great thing to do to get you in front of other people. But recently had Emily Aborn on the show and and we were talking about how there are so many different ways to use your content that even if you are just on someone else's show, the questions that they're asking you are ways that you can create content. Your answers are content. These are things that you can take and use bite-sized pieces to then turn into a podcast, turn into a course or an email sequence or whatever. Like there's so many different ways to use podcasting content in this way. And I love that as you're kind of talking through this with these people, they're like, wait, I didn't even realize that that's how I did that. Yep. We need to do something with that. Yes. Oh, so awesome. (laughs) It's super satisfying. Yes. And I'm sure as a questioner, you're like, okay, I can't wait for them to like come to that aha moment at the end. (laughs) Earlier, you talked about when you were coming up with your format and that question that you were asking yourself, that was, what is it like to work with me? How can I bring that feeling and evoke that in the content that I'm creating for my podcast? And that is market research. (laughs) And so many people who start a podcast are like, go full force, launch in two weeks. Let's just get it out there, get that content out there. And that is not going to help your audience get a clear direction, right? You're not going to be able to take them from listeners into leads because you're not clear on what you're talking about. You're not clear on the direction the podcast is going. You're just almost like a ball rolling down a hill, right? Like I'm just go, 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 going. But By taking that time, doing that market research, where are people coming from? People want to hear me speak. What is the purpose of my podcast? How can I ensure that I do fulfill that purpose? Okay, market research. Awesome. Like It lights me up when people do 
the things that it takes to have a successful podcast. And if you are already, say you're like Nikki, you've got 127 episodes in and you're kind of feel like you're floundering and you're not really sure the direction, take a breath. Doing updated market research is still a great way to shift the audience that you already have in the correct direction and kind of getting them from listeners into leads. Now let's move forward with, now your background is in sales and your business is sales. How are you using the podcast content? So like going a little deeper, yes, you have the formatting properly. You are doing all these different things to make people curious about your group program and about the membership. How can we as listeners, right? Use our own podcast to ensure that we are kind of taking people from that step of like getting them onto sales calls and getting them to take that next step with us once we've kind of decided what that step is. So, I have a couple of answers to this. So, you let me know how deep you want to go into any of them. But just kind of like surface level, I'm going to say storytelling is a really, really effective way to plant seeds about working with you. You and I have both told some little mini stories that plant seeds, right? And so that being strategic about the way that you do that. So you don't just tell a story and move on. Like you tell a story, but you have to let it like sit there. You have to be patient with it a little bit. So I don't just talk about a client that I worked with last week. I specifically say a client that did a strategy session with me, that's planting a seed. So you've got to do that in your storytelling. So storytelling is one The other thing that I do is I do dynamic ads on my podcast. I know not everybody can do that, but it has been a game changer, dynamic ads. And not all of my dynamic ads are for paid things, but I do work in some, sometimes a dynamic ad is for something that's paid. And sometimes it's just for that listener to get something from me. That means they're going to join my email list because I actively build my email list the point of the podcast is drive turn listeners into leads, which is super convenient because that's what you teach, right? You've <laughs> got to drive your listeners and turn them into leads. So that means they've got to be on your email list. And then once they're on my email list, I sell to my list often. I make offers to my list often. And that's one of the things that, and I know this isn't necessarily podcast related, but it is the thing that you know, there's no reason to build your email list if you're going to treat it like a vanity matrix. And you're like, I'm just trying to grow it as big as it can. I'm not going to email them because people are going to unsubscribe and then it's going to make my list smaller. That is complete garbage. You should be actively working your list just like you need to put out new content to your podcast. You need to be putting out new content to your email subscribers on a regular basis. So that's kind of what I said, surface level, but yeah. Dynamic ads. We've talked about that. I know Buzzsprout has them where you can put them at the front of the podcast and at the end. Do you have a different host that you use that if people are looking at more dynamic ads? So I use Libsyn. And for Libsyn, you can do pre-roll, post-roll, and mid-roll ads. And I test different ads different times. So we have some post-roll ads. I do a lot of pre-roll ads because they're super easy. And um, we do mid-roll ads from time to time depending on what what we're doing. And I track it. So I give specific URLs on the podcast. So I'll know when somebody comes from the podcast, like we're able to track and especially buyers. So if buyer comes from that specific link that I've dropped on the podcast in the dynamic ad, then we can go, oh, okay, well, here's something our listeners are interested in, right? Like my listeners 
sign up for my master classes that I teach once a quarter. So I'll do an ad. The other thing I'll say about dynamic ads, just if I can, is I think sometimes people, they're not specific enough about what the offer is. So they'll be like, oh, go to this resource page. There's all these resources on there. And I learned that even though I have a resource page and there's all these resources on there, I always call out the ad is for something very specific. So like, hey, you know, go to this link and you're going to be able to get this free training. This is actually one of my paid trainings, but I put it in there for you as a listener that you can get it right now for free. So even though when they go there, they're going to see, oh, here's all these other resources Nikki offers, but they're going specifically driven because they want that training. So that's the other thing I'll say that I think is really important from a sales side is be specific. Yes, I can't, I can't tell you how much I've seen that where they're like, oh yeah, this thing, I got so many things for you. Go to this page. And unless your point is to drive people to a specific page, And then that has all the things, but like being as specific as possible, right? Like being clear about what it is that you want that next step to be like sign up for my email list. You get this free thing. That's what you want them to do. And I love that you, you're kind of funnel with your podcast and the expectation going into your podcast wasn't a get rich quick, get thousands of downloads quick, get all these people to then buy my stuff. It's very strategic and it's the way that that top of the funnel is going to work. I've talked to so many people where they say things like, I have people downloading and people listening, but they're not taking that next step. And I'm like, okay, first and foremost, are you selling to them? Like, do you tell them what to do next? Are you clear on how to buy from you? Do they even know what you sell? (laughs) And most of the time they're like, uh, no. And I'm like, well, you're, that's the first you're speaking step. my language. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I get that so much. I mean, that that's universal. I will say, not just with podcasting, but with the clients that I work with. A lot of times it's like, I really want to sell this thing. Oh, really? When's the last time you talked about it? What do you mean, talked about it? Nobody knows about it unless you talk about it, right? Like, you have to put it out there. It's not going to, this whole idea of like, oh, I'm just going to put up a website and people are going to flock to it and spend thousands upon thousands of dollars with me all the time is baloney. That's not how business is built. You have to build that know, like, and trust. You have to be specific. Let people know what the next step is. And your job is to guide. Your job is to guide people. It's not to force them. It's not to be salesy. It's not to be gross and aggressive. It's to just guide. They have to know what to do next. And you have to tell them what that is. Uh. Yes. And I feel like a podcast is a great way to do that, right? You are literally giving them something for nothing Mm -hmm. and then saying, hey, if you liked this, like, come on over. Have a glass of wine with me. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I think people forget in sales, it's super unsatisfying for somebody to get, like I I mentioned earlier, like put things in bite size. You give Mm -hmm. them like that bite they want more. And if you don't tell them how to get more, it's unsatisfying. It's kind of like, you know, if you walk around Costco, I don't know, do you have Costco's in North Carolina? Yeah. Yes. I, I feel like everybody has Costco's and then somebody will be like, I don't have a Costco. But anyway, you know, you walk around Costco's and they've got these tasters. But if you walked around and all you got was a taste of something or a sample, but they didn't have the product right there for you to buy, oh my God. you'd be so frustrated and annoyed 
It's the same thing in your business. If you're going to give somebody a taste, you have to have the thing for them to then take the next step with, or it feels unsatisfying. You're like, well, nice that I got a bite of that. Now I have to go, what, search it out? Or I have to go home and try to recreate it? I can't just pick up the package and take it home with me. So make sure you're giving people next steps. I'm curious, this is something that I've done on my show, but I'm curious if you do it as well. And that is, if I know that I'm selling like a low ticket thing, say email templates, then I will create an episode surrounding that topic, maybe with a spin, like guest management. All right. And then if you want all my email templates on how to best manage your guests, then you can go to this place, pay $27 and buy this thing. Do you do anything like that where you also use your content to then funnel people to low ticket offers? You did mention your masterclass, correct? Yeah, yeah. So a masterclass for me is not a low ticket offer, but I do have some low ticket offers. And I will say, I haven't been as strategic as what you just laid out. I think that is super smart. I kind of pick and choose. Like Sometimes I have a low ticket offer and sometimes I don't. So... I probably need to just say this is my low ticket offer and do what you did and create some content around it. But like, for instance, I teach a, you know, I teach a masterclass on storytelling for business. So I do have some podcasts where I'm talking about storytelling and the art of storytelling and how important it is in sales and giving you a couple tips. And I will definitely be mentioning in that podcast, if you listen to it, the fact that I do a deeper dive, there's a, you know, a masterclass about it. I only teach my topics once a year. So I teach five masterclasses in a year, but they're very different topics. So I also plant that seed for people that this there is some sense of urgency because if you don't take it this year, you're going to have to wait a year to take it. So there's a little bit of that too. So it is a lot. I will say there's a lot of planting seeds throughout the podcast. And it's really important to do that from a sales side because... Also, you never know when somebody's going to listen to that episode. Like just because you're recording it the month before your masterclass, you know, launches, somebody might be listening to it two and a half years later. And is that content still going to be relevant? Yes. It's so important to be strategic with your content and dropping those hints, not just, and that's one of the I'm pretty sure I have an episode called like the six mistakes that people make that doesn't help them turn their listeners into leads. And the one is only talking about their services in the ad space. Most people, and this is just societally, right? Majority of us skip ads if we can. (laughs) So if there is a forward 30 seconds, we're going to skip it. And so talking about it throughout the content, dropping those hints, and it's not even like dropping hints, like being like, no, I have this thing and here's how you can get it. You'll hear more about it in the ad probably, but like you need to hear this if you want to know more. And if this bite size was not enough to help you, then here's how you can get more help. Yeah. So good. The other thing about this that's so important that you drop these throughout, not just in the ads, is that people have what's known as a convincer strategy. I don't know if you're familiar with this. It's very annoying stuff, but... So a convincer strategy, you have one, I have one, everybody listening has one too. And it's context specific in certain areas of your life and certain decisions, your convincer strategy might be different than in other areas of your life. But a convincer strategy is a certain number of times you'll say no to something before you'll say yes. So 
I don't know you that well, so I don't know like what's your convincer strategy when it comes to like the latest technology that hits? Are you the person who stands in line overnight to get it? Or are you like, hey, I'm going to wait and see what everybody says? And, you know, there's a certain number of times where you'll have to see it or hear about it or read about it before you'll be like, I'm going to purchase that. And so same for your listeners. They have a convincer strategy. You don't know what their convincer strategy is because it's not like we all walk around with it like floating over the top of our head like Nikki's <laughs> convincer strategy is a three, you know, or whatever. You don't know. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know this about themselves. So this is why you have to plant these seeds over and over about whatever it is. I have somebody who is now in my the Sales Maven Society, again, group coaching program, that one time we were talking about it and I was like, how many times did you have to hear about it? before you're like, I'm going to join that. She's like 20. She listened to 20 different episodes over a period of time before she decided she was going to dip her toe in the water and test it out. But that means I had to have talked about it at least in 20 different episodes, but I don't know which episode she's going to pick. So I got to plant that seed over and over and over again, but not in the same way all the time. Right. Because I got to say it a little bit different. This is why I do, again, on air coaching calls. And this is why I do sales success stories. This is why I do individual episodes. Like all of these things are planting seeds to move people. Now, her convincer strategy is kind of long 20. Other people might hear about it for the first time and be like, I'm in. But those are hard to find. <laughs> Most people's convincer strategy is not one. Oh my goodness. That's so true. And I'm even like I'm thinking about my own and like the latest technology. It takes me a few times. I gotta hear other people talk about it. Or gotta read the reviews. What's the battery power like? <laughs> These are important <laughs> things. I cannot get something like as soon as it comes out. And to your point, like I had someone who bought a strategy session with me. It was like awesome. I got what I needed here listened to me, stalked me on social media for half a year, and then listened to me talk about stuff on my podcast for half a year after I had launched the podcast, and then was like, hey, I'm ready to work with you. And then I have clients where they had someone binge listen 18 episodes of their podcast. And the next day, they're like, like, binged it in one day, the next day, get on a call and then join their group program. So like, everybody's different in how they're going to show up to that sale, right? But to your point, you have to be consistent. You have to keep inviting them. And it's not like you're selling, right? Like, yes, you're selling, but you're inviting them into something that is going to help them get from point A to point B or point A to point Z or whatever it is that you're kind of leading them to and taking them from. All right, you're a listener. You can still get great value from here. It's not going to be custom tailored to you. So if you want to take that next step and get something that is going to be to your particular podcast, to your particular business, in Nikki's point, that is what is going to take that next step. Ugh, gold. All gold. <laughs> I'm glad that you got that about, yeah, like we don't know what people's convincer strategies are. So be consistent, be willing. I think they say like, by the time you're so sick of talking about something, that's when people are starting to be like, I think you said something about such and such. And you're like, oh my gosh, if I had a dime for every time I said it, you know, I'd change my bank account every single month, right? So you have to continue (laughs) to put it in front of people because sometimes they might hear it the first time, but not really take it in, not remember it. 
It's also one of the reasons why bringing story into your podcast, telling stories is really important because story is like the language of the brain and people are more apt to remember a story than they are for you to just talk about something. So I tell a lot of stories on my podcast and I get a lot of feedback from people of like, oh, I love that story or like, oh, Nikki, I want to tell you my story now because you told this story and it reminded me of such and such. Like that is another way to make connection. And then the other thing I wanted to say is that I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make in the sales process and even thinking about sales is there's this misconception because we've all been on the receiving end of somebody who's done it really horrible, that sales is something you do to people. But Mm. I teach that sales is something you do with, that is, it's a collaborative approach. So it isn't about, you know, trying to bully somebody into buying from you. And I teach exactly what you said of that word invitation. And your job is to invite people and to allow them to decide for themselves I would like this or I'm going to decline it and being okay, whatever, you know, whatever they say, but you never want anybody to walk away feeling like, oh, Nikki doesn't want to work with me because she didn't issue an invitation. Like I'm going to issue that invitation so that you can, that you have the ability and the power to decline me. Not that like, she didn't even invite me. How rude, right? Like you got to invite. Speaking of stories, I have a story. (laughs) (laughs) here's how not to do it. I remember when I was new in the online space and someone was teaching on how to help working moms leave their corporate job and create businesses online. Cool. I went into a coffee chat, just getting to know this person thinking like, Hey, we're just going to get to know each other. What do you do? What do I do? Cool. Maybe we can refer business. Or maybe not. Hey, we're just getting to know each other at this point. Yeah. And when she realized that I have had no intention of leaving my corporate job, I enjoyed my corporate job. It was like a block and a, all right, I got to get on to the next call. I felt like less than, <laughs> which is never a good th- way to no. feel like no. when you know that someone's clearly trying to sell to you. <laughs> It's terrible. So don't do that. No. (laughs) And invite people in, like to your point, let them know, hey, this is what I have. If not, cool. Either way, I'm good with it. And maybe in the future, that person might have been like, oh, that person was so nice. Maybe I'm at a point now where I'm ready to leave my job and I want to hire them or whatever. But I had such a bad taste in my mouth from talking to her that I was like, I don't even want to be friends with you. (laughs) Like. No. Yeah. I teach when you recognize that you're in a conversation with somebody who's not a good fit, that you bless and release. And when I say bless and release, it's not leave people feeling less than. It's not leave people going like, oh, well, she, you know, rolled out of here like as fast as she possibly could and left me feeling bad about it. They should feel good about the conversation. And your exact point too is that sometimes a no is a not yet. Oftentimes a no is a not yet. Your job is to always leave that door open enough for the person to feel comfortable coming back. Because the other thing about sales is that we forget when we're the seller that it can be really hard to say to somebody that you like, no, thank you, or no, I don't want to buy your thing. Like telling somebody no can be hard on the person who has to say no. 
So if you leave them feeling awkward or uncomfortable or less than, when they tell you no, when their no becomes a yes, you will not be the person they'll come back to. But if you leave them in a place where they're like, she was so kind. I really liked her. And I feel like I could pick up the phone and call her right now and be like, hey, I know we talked two years ago. I don't even know if you remember me, but I think I'd like to work with you. What's that going to look like, right? Because you never know what is going to happen in their life and in your life. So leave that door open. I am so honored when somebody comes back to me a year later, three years later, five years later, and they're like, hey, I've been kind of hanging out on the fringes here for five years, but I'm ready to work with you. I feel incredibly honored in those moments. And I want them to know how much I appreciate that, that they were willing to come back, especially if they were like, you know, five years ago, I told Nikki, who would ever need sales coaching? Not me, right? Like I'm totally fine with that. And then when they come back and they're like, you know what? I need sales coaching now. I'm like, great. I'm so honored to get to work with you. Yes. Oh, so good. Oh, we're coming up on time. Sadly, I feel like I could just keep talking to you, but we have to put a time limit on this. So bite-sized pieces for people, (laughs) they don't get all stressed out because it's too long. So where can people hang out with you, get to know you, learn a little more about your group coaching as well as your podcast. So I have two ways. So the podcast is easy. You can find me on any podcast platform, which is Sales Maven. And then I have a little gift for your listeners, if that's okay, that will connect us. Okay, so this is an ebook and it's called Closing the Sale. And I kind of talk through the last steps of the, of the close process and give some language suggestions give you some confidence around that close on the sale. So you can get that by going to yoursalesmaven.com forward slash listeners. So this is for your listeners specifically. I don't know why my team named it listeners instead of like leads, but to make it even easier, but they named it listeners. So yoursalesmaven.com forward slash listeners and you'll get the ebook and then we'll be connected. So listen to the podcast or get the ebook either way. And I'd love to hear if you got a takeaway from this podcast and you liked it, share with me. What was your big takeaway? Yes, absolutely. Tag us on social media. Let us know that you listen and what your takeaway was. And we'll make sure to link that in the show notes for anyone who is driving or is like, wait, what was that link? We'll have it in the show notes for you. Thank you so much, Nikki. This has been incredible. Such a great conversation. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Listeners to Leads. If you found something in this episode valuable, I would really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend who you know would also get value from it. Want to send me a message? My favorite place to hang out is Instagram. You can find me at alicia.galati. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was from the episode. And don't forget, turning those listeners into leads is actually easy. 